the EMMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head on over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. Hi, Dio DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 308. We're going to throw this one out to my co-host today, which is Kurt Chase Patrick. That's right. It's Daniel Gumby Vreeland here. As always, you guys know I have never missed an episode. It is episode 308, which just so happens to be my 308th appearance. But if you listen to the prelim episode, which by the way, you should, and if you haven't, go back and listen. We're flying without Jeff Chalks Fox right now. He is on vacation for the next uh, handful of episodes, quite a few episodes here. And if you listen to the prelim episode, you got acquainted with our new guest host, which is Kurt Chase Patrick, who I'll introduce in just a moment. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Remember to rate, review, follow, all that good stuff. We, we really do appreciate the reviews. When I see a new one in there, I try to shout you guys out. So thank you guys for doing that ahead of time. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter at SGPNMMA. We've noticed the follower count going up around there, too, and we sure as heck do appreciate it. So thank you, guys. Now, uh, without further ado, I will bring that guest host in. We got Kurt Chase Patrick here once again. Kurt, it's a little bit better to be talking about this main card than it was those prelims, isn't it not? Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> uh, not that the prelims weren't fun, uh, and I'm sure they're gonna be, there's going to be a couple bangers on there, but this main card is actually uh, sneaky good. Yeah, it's thinking good in terms of, you know, and this is what I really like about a, a good, if it's going to be in Vegas, uh, especially not in the Apex, I'm glad it's not in the Apex. They're going to get a little bitty crowd here. But if it's going to be one of those smaller Las Vegas shows, at least give me some narrative, right? Like we got the the Marab Devalishvili versus Jan, Jan, you know, with the Aljamain Sterling being the, the piece in between the connective tissue, if you will. That one's got a fun narrative to it. We've got new guys showing up for the first time. We got guys trying to hang on to their jobs. We got a fight that was canceled two weeks ago, getting shoved in our face again. Like there's fun narratives, if nothing else. So uh, I do appreciate that about it. Um, and, and I know there's been some buzz in our discord as well. So make sure if you are not already in our discord, make sure to check it out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord. It is always hopping during fight time. So make sure you are in there now. We should get right into these fights because not only are we giving you the six fight main card, which gets started at 6 p.m. at the joint at the Hard Rock Casino. That's right. I'm still calling it the joint at the Hard Rock Casino, even if they now call it the theater at the Virgin Hotels. It's way less cool sounding. Uh, So we are getting kicking with six fights at 6 p.m. After that, we will be giving you, as usual, our lock dogs and props, as we always do. And I will still be hitting you with the Hungry Man Jong Super Fan Parlay uh, with Jong's favorite piece of the show right at the end there. That's a parlay that's at least 10 to 1 odds. I've got it all souped up for you, and I feel pretty good about it this week. So make sure you are tuning in even to the very end of the show. Um, But, of course, to get to that end of the show, we got to start 
somewhere, and we're starting today in the light heavyweight division. We got Victor Petrino versus Anton Turkali. Anton Turkali, with one of the best nicknames in all of MMA, we're talking about the pleasure man, Anton Turkali, 8-1 in his pro career. He's 26 years old, which will actually be a year older than his opponent, Vitor Petrino. He's six foot four, which will give him a two inch height advantage. He's got a 78 inch reach, which will give him only a half inch reach advantage. He's owned one in the UFC, but it's worth mentioning that one fight, a short notice late replacement fight against Jelton Almeida at a catch weight fight. Not really counting that as his UFC debut. We'll call this his UFC debut for that matter. He's one and on contender series before that. He is going to be an ever so slight favorite here. Negative 115 for Turkali. Petrino, his nickname is an Aikau, which means icon. He's 25 years old, which is slightly younger than Turkali. He's going to be at a slight reach and height disadvantage. This is his actual UFC debut, not his pretend UFC debut like Turkali. He was also 1-0 on the contender series where he picked up a big knockout there. 7-0, perfect record, undefeated in his pro career. He is the slight underdog, but only... At negative 105, I will see the first pick here to the special guest host. Kurt, who you got in this one? Man, uh, you know what? This is like one of those fights, again, like guys are not very well known. Um, unless you're really digging deep. That's why you're listening to this show, right? Because you want to know. Um, but how about a good matchmaker for, for a main card opener? Like you want to you want to grab the fans' attention? Like, boom, put this fight in. Because if you look at the records, both of these guys are finishers, right? Each of them only has one decision win on their record. Everything else is a finish. Most of the finishes are by knockout. I'm going with Petrino, the slight underdog here. Man, that is a good nickname too, the pleasure man. But I'm going with Petrino. <laughs> he's young. He's powerful. He's explosive. I think this is going to be a wild one for however long it lasts. It could be one of those fights where they're gassed and still throwing haymakers in the third round. But somebody's going down. I'm going to side with uh, Petrino here with the uh, – not too much confidence, but uh, I'm going with him. I, I think this is going to be one of those fights that it doesn't matter who wins. And I think this is a crazy close fight, right? Negative 105, negative 115 sort of in, indicates that. I think it's one of those fights that after we watch it, it's going to look so one-sided and so obvious. And that's not to say that one of these two is way better than the other one. And even after we watch it, one of these two will not be way better than the other one. But it's just one of those fights where one of these guys has to look bad. Uh, because t both of them throw haymakers. You, you mentioned even Turkali, who I think of as more of a grappler, and he looked like more of a grappler on Contender Series. That's why he didn't get his contract in the first place and then had to fight fucking Jelton Almeida on short notice at 230 pounds. <laughs> Jelton Almeida, that sock rock solid sock rowed. Rock solid human being. He's a savage. Uh, dude, he, I mean, like, I, I've said this more than one time on the show. Put him at 205. I'll take him to beat Jamal Hill right now. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Individual. I will I will take him to beat Jamal Hill today in a cage. And you know what? Put him up at, at 265. I think there are people in the top five he beats at 265. So, like, you know, Turkali taking a fight against him on three days' notice, first of all, just shows how bad Turkali wanted to be in the UFC. But, like, you know, the Jelton fight aside, the guy has shown really good grappling skills. Uh, he, he took he took his opponent down like 100 times on Contender Series. It didn't impress Dana White. Uh, it, but like you said, if you go back to his regional scene, he's got some power in his hands. He's got spinning yeah. back fist knockout in there, which is good. And so, you know, in this fight, I think whoever wins, whether it's Turkali by just like smothering Petrino or Petrino by knocking him out in 22 seconds or Turkali knocking him out in 22 seconds, 
I think somebody is going to look amazing and who at whatever side you're wrong on here is going to feel real bad, but I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to take answer to Kali here. And just because I think Turkali on the contender series showed me that he's like got more than just the power punching dimension. I like the wrestling in there. Petrino looked a little sketchy early in the wrestling in his contender series fight. Just enough. You know, he got back up, but just enough for me to be like, eh, that Avenue might be there. And in a fight that's so razor close, I got to find the edge somewhere. So I'm going to go with Turkali. I'm going to go with the pleasure man in this one, negative 115. Uh, and that's going to bring us to our second fight on this main card. But before we get to that, I got to tell you about something else I'm super excited about, and that's WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, and there are plenty of ways to win. Plus, you can get down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get $100 limited to state availability. And, of course, for the DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so that we, you they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subjects to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So as I said, we are moving along now to an exciting fight. This is against... Uh, Jonathan Martinez rising quickly up the rankings versus another guy who's rising up pretty quickly. And that's Sedner Megamedoff. Uh, we'll start with Martinez first. The Dragon, Jonathan Martinez, 17 and four in his pro career. He's 28 years old, which is two years younger than Nurmagomedov. He is five foot eight with a 69 and a half inch reach. That will make him the same height and only a half inch reach disadvantage. So in the words of the great Mike Goldberg, virtually identical uh, are these Bantamweights. He is eight and three in his UFC stint, but he has won four in a row. So he started off four and three, kind of a little shaky. And then he has rattled off an incredible run since then. Sadner Megabedov, a lot of the same things you're going to hear here. 17 and two in his pro career. He's 30 years old, two years older than Martinez. Uh, he's six and one in his UFC stint. He also has won four straight fights. He was three and up one in ACB before that. Nurmagomedov betting off at kind of a surprising negative 250 favorite to Jonathan Martinez plus 200 here. Who you got? Dude, this is a really good fight, like really good matchmaking. Both of these guys are solid, both on four fight win streaks. Um, I just think uh, Nurmagomedov is going to be too much for Martinez. Martinez is very well rounded, but uh, Nurmagomedov can do it all. His striking is solid. And then uh, just like his name says, although... He's the one that he, is he the one that's like not like directly related to Khabib? I I don't ever know. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I know there's, that there's one there's of him them, and Abubakar like, and Usman. Usman is for sure. Usman, right? Usman is and Umar is. I want to say Saeed is not. But still, I mean, the guy. And how about like, Abubakar who dropped out? Is Abubakar like we we got a couple of brothers and a cousin and then whoever whatever said is. <laughs> you know, what? it's hard to follow. But honestly, they're all from that Smesh factory in Dagestan. They, they, they all fight the same way. They're well-rounded. They're absolute hammers. Um, I think Nurmagomedov is going to be able to get it done. I do think that Jonathan Martinez is going to be tough and crafty enough to have it go all three rounds. But I think Nurmagomedov is going to be pretty dominant here. I mean, if you look at his last fight, dude, I mean, 
he he had to weather some some storm against With, uh yeah. Sabi yeah, yeah yeah and then came back and uh finished him so yeah i'm going to magomedov here i think he gets it done yeah and i will say too about Sedner magomedov not the same you know, like not the same wrestler as, you know, all the other Nebuchadnezzar we land, Abubakar or, or, you know, Umar Usman or certainly not Habib. But he does sneak it out when you're least expecting it. And more so than like his wrestling, I also just think his like jujitsu is sick. Like his guillotine yeah. choke, though, especially the one I'm thinking of the one on Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen was like purple in like six seconds of being in that guillotine. It was bad right away. Um, and the thing about Jonathan Martinez, while he is like a very adept striker, he doesn't have a ton of power, right? Like we, we you know, he, he went 15 hard minutes with Vince Morales and he actually shot a couple of takedowns in there. He went 15 minutes with Alejandro Perez. He went 15 minutes with short notice Zavad Zavalashvili. He went 15 minutes with Thomas Almeida, who seemingly gets knocked out all the time. Like he's not a big finisher. And I think with Sedner Megamedov, as you pointed out, he's already hard to put away. He's not an easy guy to take out of there, as Sadyakov Krakramanov found out the very hard way. And unless you yourself are like mixing in a little wrestling, which is what Sadyakov did to kind of stalemate him out there. It's what Rayoni Barcelos did in in uh, said's only loss in the UFC. Unless you're mixing in the wrestling, I think you wind up just being at a huge disadvantage against him. So, yeah, I'm also going to go with Nurmagomedov. I, I like Martinez a lot, but I just don't think this is his fight. Uh, and that brings us to fight number three on this main card, which is Hikardo Hamosh versus Austin Lingo. Uh, Austin lights out Lingo, 9-1 in his pro career. He's 28 years old, which is just one year older than Hikardo Hamosh. 5'10 with a 70-inch reach. He will be one inch taller, but two inches of reach disadvantage. He's 2-1 and one in the UFC, but the last two are both wins. So he lost his one first out of the gate and his one since then. He was 6-0 in LFA before this. Uh, so that's where he got his feet wet. But he's a big underdog here. Plus 285 to Ricardo Hamosh Karkakasina, which I learned means... Tiny Wreck. He's a Tiny Wreck, which I kind of like as a nickname. He's 27 years old, one year younger than Lingo. As I mentioned, he's going to be at a slight height disadvantage, but a reach advantage. Seven and three in the UFC, two and one in his last three. He was also two and one in LFA before that. 16 and four in his pro career. Negative 375 for Hamosh. I'll kick it over to you. Who do you like in this one? I think those odds are, yeah, I think those odds are a little bit steep. I think Hamosh should be the favorite, but... I mean, dude, Austin Lingo is good, man. Um, that being said, though, I am going to take uh, Hamos here. I think he's super dynamic. I really, really like his grappling. Um, I think he, he's pretty dynamic on the ground. Uh, I, I think he's going to get this done on the mat. I, I, I'm favoring Ricardo Hamos by submission. You know what? It's worth, joke. And, and it's worth mentioning, too, that he said – he wants to bring this to the ground. Uh, he said that he's looking to turn this into a grappling match. Now, I feel like when you watch those interviews or you hear about an interview or you see a headline and you're like, I want to take it to the ground. I'm going to bring him into jujitsu deep waters. You always have to ask yourself, like, are you? No, like, are you? Because, like, sometimes I hear that and I'm like, I don't know that I believe you. But also I'll say this here. I, so I'm going to go with the underdog. I think you're right. I think the odds are wacky here. Austin Lingo has been exceptionally good at stopping takedowns lately, 
Uh, in his fight with Jacob Kilburn, who, granted, Jacob Kilburn, not the grappler, Ricardo Hamosh is. No, nobody's saying he is. Kilburn was one of 18 in takedown attempts, which is an absurd number to think about. One of 18. You follow that up. Luis Saldana, who I think of as mostly a striker, got frustrated on the feet against Lingo, went 0 of 5 in the takedowns. So he stopped 22 of his last 23 takedown attempts. Now, granted, against much worse grapplers than Hamosh, but I think he has been fixing that part of his game. Now, granted, he's also been off for a year and a half now. He's been away for a little bit. But I I almost like that training out of Fortis MMA. Um, I, I personally think you're right. Hamosh does have a big grappling advantage here and should be better if this does turn into a jiu-jitsu match. But I'll also say this. I think people are sleeping on how good the hands of Lingo is because, like, Lingo is two and one in the UFC with two decisions. His loss is a decision. But if you look at before that, we're talking about a 25 second knockout, a 25 second rear naked choke after tagging and bagging, a 13 second knockout. You want to go back a little further, a 35 second uh, guillotine choke. This is a guy who came up as a killer, as a finisher, as a guy with good hands. So I know it's a huge underdog line here. I know that underdog line looks insane. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger on Austin Lingo. I think the huge underdog hits. And speaking of underdog, I do have to mention that we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts. But they also got you covered for a ton of other daily fantasy games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they are not available in your state. Head on over to Sports Gambling. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGP. All right. So we're about halfway through that main card now. We're going to take you now to a fight that me and Jeff broke down uh, just two weeks ago. It was supposed to be a five-round main event in the light heavyweight division. Instead, now it is a three-round, third-from-the-top fight, at 215-pound catch weight. Doesn't love that kind of switch. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to kick it off with, uh, I'm, of course, talking about Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. Kicking it off with Spann. He's the Superman, 21-7, in seven, 31 years old. He's six foot five with an 81-and-a-half-inch reach. That's going to give him a two-inch height advantage and a four-inch reach advantage. He's 7-2 and two in the UFC, coming off of back-to-back wins, 3-1 and one in LFA before that, 1-1 one and one on the Contender Series, which brought him to the dance. He's still an underdog. He was a plus-130 underdog when we first broke it down. He's plus-145 now, believe it or not. Krilov, the one who had to back out of the fight, he is the minor, 29-9, 30 years old, one year younger than Span. He's going to have that height and reach disadvantage, 10-7 and seven in two UFC stints. Uh, he left the UFC on his own accord at one point in time. He's made his way back, and he's rattled off two wins in a row, including one over Alexander Gustafson, where he finished him with strikes. So uh, this is now a three-round fight, which I don't know that it was ever going to go five rounds anyway, but it's now a three-round fight. Uh, they're going to have to cut a little bit of weight. There's, of course, always the question about which Nikita Krilov shows up, whether Nikita Krilov shows up, is he still ill? I took Ryan's fan the first time, and I don't think I'm deterred anymore from taking him now. Uh, you know, he's the one who didn't pull out sick. He's the bigger guy who now has to cut less weight. You know, I said Krilov, I think, is going to have trouble with Span's hands and his reach. And I will say this, if Krilov decides to grapple, I really do believe in the guillotine choke of Ryan Span. I think Ryan Span's 
guillotine choke is low-key, very nasty. Um, and Krilov is a guy who's very good offensively grappling, sometimes a little shoddy when it comes to defensive grappling. So I'm going to stick with my original pick. I'll take Span. I'll enjoy a little bit extra dog money coming in on him here. Uh, so, yeah, give me Ryan Span plus 145. How about you, Kurt? Is that why they? this is a 215-pound? I think it's like it's I think just kind of weird that it got pushed like two two weeks later and it's still two. I don't know. I I, I really don't care. I think it's two weeks later at two fifteen. Here here's my guess, and I'm I'm of course talking out of my ass here, but <laughs> this is two weeks later. I'm guessing Ryan's fan was like, hell no, I ain't cutting a two oh five two two out of three weeks. Yeah, right. Okay. That that's an yeah, insane. That got, it didn't it got a big the day man. of right. Yeah, it got pulled during the event, right? Because then we got yeah, uh, okay, yeah, okay, that fed, makes sense. We got force-fed Andre Muniz versus Brendan Allen as a main event. <laughs> right. Um. So I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna for the sake of differing, I'm gonna go Krylov and and again like Krylov being sick, I, who knows where he's going to be at? And like you kind of mentioned, I mean Krylov is like super hit or miss. Like there's times when like. You're talking about him like he's ready to move into the top five, and then you talk, next fight he looks like he's uh, barely even knows how to fight. I mean, he puts himself in a lot of bad positions that some people make him pay for. Do I think that Ryan Spann is the guy? I think he could, but I'm going to go with Krylov, man. Krylov has a lot of power, has a lot of talent. I agree with you. I don't think this fight was going five rounds, and I honestly probably don't think it's going to go three rounds. So give me Krylov. By finish. I don't think it's going to go one round. There's a high yeah, like, yeah like, I agree. Like, like why would, yeah. Cause both of these guys finishers, both of these guys occasionally do dumb shit. Both of these guys hit like a truck, have submission skills. Like, yeah, this is probably going to end well, earlier rather than later. That's the thing too. Like if Krelog, if, if he knows like maybe his cardio isn't up to par or whatever, like he might be coming out there thinking like, I got to get this guy out of here. And that's one of those Krelog things where he might, put himself at risk too much and span might make him pay, but uh, yeah. or, you yeah. know, he might, or, or he, could look great. Yeah. he could look great doing that too. Right. Like sometimes he just doesn't come out with enough gusto and, and suddenly he's shit. And sometimes he comes out with too much gusto and he looks like shit. And then sometimes he finds that perfect in between where he looks pretty damn good. So yeah, who, who knows which Nikita Krylov we see, but uh, we're different on this one. Uh, he's got the dog. I've got, or I've got the dog. He's got the favorite. Uh, and we're going to move on to the co-main event. We've got some big boys here, a couple of Alexanders. We've got Alexander Volkov, the former Bellator champion, and Alexander Romanov uh, fighting, maxing out the, well, at least one of them is probably going to max out that weight class. Although he's looked slimmer as of lately, Romanov has. Uh, let's dig into it. First, we'll talk about Romanov. King Kong, Alexander Romanov, 16 and one in his pro career, 32 years old. Surprisingly, found out he's only two years younger than Alexander Volkov which is wild because I feel like Volkov's got tons of uh, tons of miles on those tires. He's uh, six he foot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, dude, his, some of those Bellator brawls. Yeah. And we'll get into it. Um, so Romanov, six foot two. He's going to be at a five inch reach and height disadvantage. He's five and one in his UFC career with his last loss coming in his last fight to Marcin Tybura. He's going to be a pretty sizable favorite here, which is kind of surprising. This posted near even. But Romanov is now betting off at negative 155, and that number seems to be soaring. Drago, Alexander Volkov, 35 in 10. 45 pro fights to 17 here, despite being only two years different in age. He's six foot seven, massively taller, huge reach. He's seven 
or nine and four rather in his UFC career. He's alternated wins and losses in his last five fights. He's gone win, loss, win, loss, win. So maybe he's poised for a loss. He was six and three for Bellator, where he was their heavyweight champ, including winning a heavyweight tournament in the process. As I mentioned before, he is betting off at a plus 130 underdog. Who you got in this one, Kurt? It's a really tough fight, man. Like a really tough fight. Um, whew, that's a tough one. I, I think I'm going to go Romanov here. I think that his wrestling is going to be the difference. We've seen Volkov get taken down. We've seen him put on his back. We've seen him at times have trouble getting up. Does have a decent guard, but I think sometimes too he he like he's comfortable. Especially, there. Yeah, he, especially being so long, he'll get guys into like that body lock from his guard, which all it does is hold the guy in place. Um, and again, you don't want Romanov just on your back. Uh, the big difference here though is just the level of competition that Volkov has consistently fought. I mean, if you go down his resume. He has fought pretty much everybody at heavyweight from the veterans to the contenders and just about everyone in between. Um, I, I just I think I like Romanov's wrestling a little bit better here. Um, I think Volkov is going to push him. I think he's going to uh, test him on the feet, especially. But once Romanov gets him down, I think it's going to be really hard to get that uh, massive man off of him. I'm going to agree with you here. And, and you know, like you mentioned the crazy good resume right of alexander volkov and, and it is crazy good right like it's an incredible the people he's fought and not just in the ufc he fought vitaly minikov in bellator uh that's the guy who took his title from him and that kind of feels like this fight to me right in that fight you were like volkov should have it on the feet his reach is going to be tricky for vitaly minikov and once minikov was in on the legs it was over right and i kind of feel like you know i'm not attributing you know alexander volkov i'm not saying he's vitaly minikov because those of you who've seen Minikov fight, that dude was a beast back in the day. But I think he can follow that game plan. And if you're looking at the guys who have given Romanov trouble, which granted, it hasn't been many people. The two people who have given him trouble are Marcin Tybura and Juan Espino. And those are two guys who are stocky, who love to wrestle, who love to grapple, who like to put you up against the cage and wear every last ounce of your energy out. And that's just not Volkov, right? Volkov wants to keep you at range. When you're in close on him, he's not going to have a good time. I, I think Romanov just hits as many takedowns as he wants. I think Volkov gets too comfortable on his back. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see a submission out of uh, out of Romanov or a TKO on the mat. Because, like, you, again, if he's just too comfortable there, it's not like Romanov doesn't have finishing abilities. So uh, that brings us to our main event here. Piotr Jan versus Marab Dabalashvili. Marab trying to... Uh, sort of turn away his his best friend's uh, natural enemy so that he doesn't have to fight him a third time. Uh, let's break it down. Uh, Piotr Jan, no mercy, 16 and four in his pro career. He's 30 years old, six foot seven with a 67 inch reach. He will have a one inch height advantage, a one inch reach disadvantage. He's eight and three in his UFC career. Of course, he's coming off of back-to-back losses in three out of his last four. Two of those losses being to Aljamain Sterling, the aforementioned one being maybe a sketchy loss, maybe a sketchy loss to Sean O'Malley. Of course, uh, we could debate that one all day. Uh, he was six and one in ACB before that. He is a negative 260 favorite, which is a number that has been absolutely catapulting as of late. It was a lot closer at the start, but the money is coming in on Piotra. Marab Devalshvili, the machine. He's 15 and four in his pro career, 32 years old. He's actually two years older than Piotr Jan, which 
That sort of blew my mind. Um, the aforementioned height disadvantage, but reach advantage. He's six foot two, or he's eight and two rather. Uh, not six foot two. He's not even close to six foot two. He's eight and two in his <laughs> UFC career. He's won six in a row though, which is kind of worth noting. He's won six in a row since losing to Ricky Simone. Uh, he hasn't lost again. Marab, the plus two ten underdog. Uh, I think it's my turn to to end this one out. I'm taking Piotr Jan here. Uh, I love Marab Devalishvili. I've always loved Marab Devalishvili. I like the way he chain wrestles. I like the way he doesn't stop wrestling. Uh, somebody pulled it up. His uh, his average number of takedowns attempted in a fight is 15, which is just like, that's one a minute. He averages, in, and probably more than that, because there's some finishes in there too. He averages over a takedown attempt a minute. That's an absurd number. But also, like, is that a reasonable way to beat Piotr Jan? I'm not sure, especially when you go back and you look at that fight with Marab Devalshvili and, and Marlon Marias. Marias was tagging Marab uh, and, and pretty much had him out there. And if he didn't gas himself out, he probably would have won that fight. And instead he gasses himself out and basically quits on the mat once uh, Marab gets him down. That just doesn't feel like an avenue against Piotr Jan, right? Like Piotr Jan is not going to tire himself out against Marab Devalshvili. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I like Piotr Jan. I'm a little bummed his number has gone all the way up to negative 260, but that's still my pick here. How about you, Kurt? This is, I mean, off the rip, man. This is a damn good fight. And I forget who coined the term, but speaking about Marab's, like, cardio, like, weaponized cardio. Like, the guy, like, his cardio Mm. is insane. His pace is crazy. I'm, dude, I'm still shocked. And again, like, that O'Malley fight was, like, razor thin. Probably think Jan won that, but again, a different debate for a different day. Like, but the Aljo fight, like, I thought he clearly lost that fight. And, like, looking at Peter Jan, like, you want to create a perfect fighter? Like, dude, Peter Jan is pretty damn close to it. High fight IQ, except when he fights Aljamain Sterling. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Great offensive wrestling, great trips, great defensive wrestling, great cardio, sick striking, great boxing, good kicks, like, very defensively sound. And, and... Yeah, it was weird seeing him lose too, but I don't think so. So Marab is a different type of grappler than Aljo. Aljo, Correct. I think, has better striking than grap, uh, better striking than Marab. Not as intense, like straight on wrestling, but he's a better grappler overall. I think that similar to the Aldo fight, which I think you know, I mean, dude, like it, it's a win over Aldo, but man, it, like okay, look at this. Look at the two different wins over Aldo with Jan. And Marab, right? Completely different. I think Marab, I mean, Jan is going to be able to stuff the takedowns. I just think he's far better on the feet. Um, Got to get his back off the cage. Can't be complacent, but I, th- I think he, uh, I think he gets it done. I think he puts it on Marab a little bit here. And I think, uh, man, again, eventually we're going to be talking about Aljo versus uh, Jan again. I think. Uh, I think. Can't so get too. away from him. I, yeah, you can't, you can't get away from it. It's kind of a fun rivalry, although there are a couple of guys standing in the way of it right now. I also want to go back to what you said there about the difference in their wrestling. Cause you're right. Aljamain Sterling and Marab Devalshvili, both great wrestlers in a different way though. Uh, and the biggest difference for me is the difference in the jujitsu in terms of holding a person in position, technically correct. Because when you get Aljamain Sterling on your back or on top of you, you don't get up. There's a reason why Marab Devalshvili has like, a fight with 17 successful takedowns. It's because people get back up against him. And that's not to say that he's terrible at holding people down, but it's just not his first priority. A lot of the times, whereas Aljamain Sterling, 
position in holding people in place is his first priority. And that's why he's so successful on the ground. And I think, you know, you alluded to the fight IQ of Piotr Jan, which, you know, once again, shout out to the Discord. The Discord loves people with good fight IQ. So you got to love Piotr Jan. He he just like isn't going to let Marab settle in ever. So even if we see Marab having success, I just don't see him having prolonged success against Piotr Jan. So I'm going Piotr Jan too. Uh, we're in agreement on that. Let me give you guys the quick rundown and then we will get you to your favorite parts on the show, which are the locks, dogs, and props, as well as the Hungry Man Jong Super Fan Parlay. So we're both taking Piotr Jan. We're both taking Alexander Romanov. We split. I got Span. He's got Krilov. I've got Lingo as the huge dog. He's got Hikardo Hamosh. Uh, we both got Sadner Megamedov, and we split on the heavyweight fight to kick it off. He took Vitor Petrino. I talked Anton, the pleasure man, Turkali. But that's not all. As I mentioned, you got to hang out a little bit longer. We are giving you our locks, our dogs, and our props for this fight card. So make sure you tune in, um, and we'll get right to it. Uh, do, do you want to go first on this, Kurt? I'll give you an option. I, I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, sure. I'll go first. All right, so let's let's start with as the the order suggests. Let's start with locks. Uh, who's your lock this week? I I don't. So I'm gonna give you this lock, and I feel like the like the odds are kind of crazy on it. And if you want me to pick another one, please tell me. But <laughs> my lock is JJ Aldridge over Ariana Lipsky, and again, she's a minus three sixty five. The odds are a bit steep, and I don't think they should be that steep. Um. Do you want me to pick another one? I know those are. Oh, no, no, no. I, I love that one. And as a matter of fact, she's going to show up in my picks a little bit. Listen, later I didn't too. pick Mario Batista, so we're, we're <laughs> doing all right. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, Mario Batista, I might have asked you to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that pick. And as I said, you're going to see her show up a little bit later on in my picks anyway. So, uh, you know, no, no harm in that one. So my one, I, and I mentioned it, alluded to it on yesterday's show when we were talking about guys I really like to add to a parlay. I'm going to take Carl Williams, negative 230 right now. I think he's so much faster than Lukas Breschke, uh, especially being that he's a light heavyweight moving up to heavyweight, but he's also not an undersized one going up to heavyweight because Breschke himself is not particularly big. Plus add in the fact that he wrestled Jimmy Lawson. Yeah, I'm going with Williams here. I think he's just so fast, so good. Uh, I'm all over him as my lock this week. How about your dog? My dog. Um, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the experience here. I'm going to go with Rafael Sunsau. I mean, the guy has seen it all, done it all. Um, was at one time on the very, very brink of a title shot. Um, Davy Grant is really good, but I'm going to go Rafael Sunsau here. He's a plus 115 currently. Um, I think he gets it done again. He grinds him out. I like it. I like it. Uh, although I'm going to go with Grant on this one. And I'm going to return back to the well of where I was a couple of weeks ago. Um, although I looked a couple of weeks ago and I actually took Ode Osborne as the underdog in that show. Uh, but I'm going to take Ryan Spann again uh, for the, the fourth time recently. I'm going to take Ryan Spann plus 145. Uh, I think that fight's got a lot of chaos in it. I think Spann is a little bit smarter of the guys in those two that fight. And uh, I think at the end of the day, I think he just gets it done uh, with the the submission game, as I mentioned uh, two weeks ago, this week, and where, wherever else I've ever talked about this. I'm tired of talking about this fight. Let's get to our props. Uh, go ahead. Give us your props for this one, Kurt. So I'm going to go with a prop that's going to give me plus money. I'm going to go with the Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov fight going the distance. You're going to get plus Ooh. 165 on that. Dude, Volkov is super, super tough to to 
finish. I think that Romanov is going to be able to get takedowns. I think he's going to keep him on his back. I think he's going to get tired. I think he's going to get tired late where Volkov might start to put it on him. But I think they make it all three rounds. I dig that. That's a that's an interesting one, especially because some people have been real big on the the Romanov sub props and stuff like that. But hey, maybe maybe this is one. And, and even if Volkov manages to edge this one out on the feet, Romanov doesn't feel like the kind of guy who's going to get fired finished either so you can get both sides of this fight here and, and still wind up with some plus money i dig that i'm also going to take a plus money prop this week uh, i've been on the minus side of things a couple of times here but i'm going to take the aforementioned jj aldrich i also like her but i'm going to prop this one up and use her by decision i actually don't think she's going to get uh her opponent ariane lipsky out of there if you want to narrow it down to just decision wins for J.J. Aldrich, you can take that negative 400-ish line that you're seeing uh, at places, and you can get it all the way down to plus 100. So even money that she wins it by decision and she doesn't finish Ariane Lipsky, I'm pretty sure she's going to win, so I'll take her by decision too. Um, all right, so once again, quick recap. Uh, I've got Carl Williams uh, as my lock. He's got J.J. Aldrich. I've got Ryan Spann as my underdog. He has got Hafaela Sunsau. I've got J.J. Aldrich wins by decision as my prop, and he has got Alexander versus Alexander goes to the distance plus 165. Now, that's not it. As always, I'm always bringing you guys the Hungry Manjong Super Fan Parlay named after our very favorite fan out there, or at least one of our favorite fans of the Discord, Jong. So uh, you guys know the rules. Two fights, two props, always 10 to 1 or better. My two props today for this one, I'm going to say take Cedricus Dumas wins by knockout. That's plus 250. Uh, that is a huge number for a dude who's got some crazy KO power. I think Fremd is totally can get slept in there. So give me plus 250 of Cedricus Dumas. And I'm going to pair that with another knockout prop that I see out there. Tyson Nam. Tyson Nam, who's got absolute dynamite in his hands. And I think Bruno Silva is going to grapple with or going to try to strike with him. That's a mistake. Plus 275 on that end. Pair them together. Pair those massive props together. You're going to get plus 1213. Uh, and we're, we're feeling pretty good about this one this week. So make sure you get in on the Hungry Man Jung parlay for this week. And while we're talking about things that you should get in on, make sure to get in on our prop contest. You can find the links for that in our Discord or in on the Twitter account. And if you are not following us on Twitter, that's at SGPNMMA. You can also follow me at Gumby Freeland or Kurt, our guest host for the foreseeable future at KCPKO. Also throw Jeff Chalks Fox a follow while you're at it at Jeff Fox Writer. Also, um, I mentioned getting in on the Discord. Make sure you get in on the Discord. If you're looking for the prelim breakdown, make sure you go back an episode, download that baby as well, uh, and enjoy all of the listenings for today. So that's it for UFC Las Vegas. Enjoy the fights. They start at three o'clock. One of our favorite ones. Hope to be seeing a bunch of you guys in the Discord. And until next time, I'm Daniel Gordon Greenland. He's Kirk Chase Patrick. And we will see you guys on Sunday. Peace.